You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're going to talk a considerable amount of football with our next guest here. The man is a, a football junkie. He lives it, he eats it, he breathes it. Uh, and on the line is Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice Men Have Skin Too. Brian Baldinger on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, what do you say, Nick? It's good to be with you, man. Everything is good on my end here. Well, it's always great to hear from you. It's always great to hear things are going well for you. And I'm just I'm curious your thoughts on – I actually want to start with what the Ravens did well in the second half – because I thought defensively that was a master class in how to slow down an elite quarterback. What did the Ravens do so well? What was the changes that they made in the second half to slow down Mahomes, even though it was in a losing effort? Mm, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes was, especially in the first half, was he, he didn't hold the ball longer than a second and a half. The ball was just coming out there, attacking their zones, and they were they were happy with four yard routes that turned into six, you know, or seven yards, and they just stayed on schedule for those two big drives that they had. Um, they, they played a lot harder. They, they got a little bigger up front, so they couldn't run quite as, as well as they did in the first half. And then they just played harder. They got to the football and rallied, and they tackled the catch, and there wasn't nothing after any catch, and the runs got shut down. Um, nothing really – I mean, they played some man in the first half, but they didn't really change their coverage or anything else. They, they just compressed the field a little bit better. And they just didn't give Patrick Mahomes a chance to hold the ball and do anything down the field with it. Conversely, the Chiefs defense had a hell of a day. There were some oopsies on the Baltimore side of things, in fairness. But what did the Chiefs do so well that helped bottle up Lamar in that offense to, to limit them to 10 points? Well, they, you know, they, they came out and they played the big linebackers, uh, Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, and Leo Chanel. And they really crowded the line of scrimmage. And they said, okay, if you're going to run it, you're going to have to run it against these guys that are going to come down and knock your block off. And Baltimore, you know, they just kind of, they, they saw it, they tried it. They weren't very successful at it. They saw Spags, uh, Steve Spagnola, line up with his corners, one-on-one with his receivers up behind that. And they said, let's take our shots down the field. And they got one out of about nine all day. Their corners beat their wide receivers. Uh, and then they blitzed. They blitzed uh, repeatedly to apply pressure to Lamar, whether it was five-man pressures or six-man pressures. And in, in one case, there was uh, just a complete blitz zero, and Trent McDuffie held up just perfectly against OBJ. And so they challenged their corners, and the corners basically won the game for them. Brian Baldinger on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Um, uh, obviously, San Francisco, there's a lot of talk about uh, Brock Purdy, I have my doubts about him, just in, in terms of comparing him to elite quarterbacks. But in terms of what you've seen out of him in this postseason, has he shown you enough that you think he can you know, really give them a chance to win with him instead of win in spite of him in the Super Bowl? Well, if they win, it's going to be because of him. Um, and so they're here because of him. And I think he's a silent assassin, but like this going up against Mahomes and Andy and, and Spags. I mean, there's going to, at the end of the day, he's going to have to make five throws that you want to put right on his resume reel. Like he's going to have to pull the trigger on, and he plays with no fear. So, but he's going to have to make five or six throws 
that at the end you're going to pull him out and make a highlight reel out of it. And if he makes those throws, they're going to have a chance to win the game. So they're not going to win in spite of him. Um, you're not going to be able to hide your quarterback and win this game. Your, your quarterback's going to have to perform, and he's going to have to play like he did in the second half last week. Baldy, looking to uh, the other part of that, uh, the, the Baltimore-Kansas City game, I do want to know, are you a fan of the taunting rules, which has become a huge conversation point this week? Well, look, Zay Flowers um, catches this 51-yard catch, um, and he's tackled, and it looks like the defender, I think it was McDuffie, is like he's not letting him up. Like he's got his leg, and he's grabbing it, and Flowers trying to get up. And, you know, and it's, it's not, he's a great kid. Like, I've never seen him do anything like what he did. And um, so at the end, he got frustrated, and he spiked the ball, and they threw the flag. I, I don't really – it was just a moment. You know, it's not who he is. He's, it's not how – if you watch any game, he's, he's really a very, very good kid, and he's very disciplined. Um, but I'm not a fan of some of these rules where they just – especially when they don't throw a flag basically all game, you know, like I just, just championship game. There's going to be some emotions. You know, like if it gets out of hand, okay, you got to flag it. But I didn't think in that spot you needed to do it. Insider calls brought to you by old spice gentlemen's blend body wash, providing exfoliation plus 24, seven moisturization because men have skin too. Uh, Brian Baldinger on the North Homestead Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Uh, I thought it was really cool to hear Dan Campbell talk about after the game, I, I kind of understood the motivation he was applying of, well, I think we could be back, but we, you know, it's not a guarantee we're going to be back. We could also not be back in this position next year. When you look at how the Lions are built and what they do well and their style of play and the guys they bring back, do you think the Lions are built to make it back next year? Sure, but like Dan said, I mean, so many things can go wrong. Your quarterback could get hurt. You could have a rash of injuries. I've had a season one year where eight guys broke their ankles. You know, I mean, like, you, you just have years like that. And sometimes you just get a wrong matchup in the playoffs and you get bounced. And so there's never a really, I think their team is really good and it's really young and it's talented. And it's, they've been drafting well for three years in a row and it shows. But just because you have a good roster, you have young players, you have talent, you have, looks like Ben Johnson will be back as his offense coordinator. There's never any guarantees that you're going to get back. I mean, San Francisco thought they were last year. Brock Purdy got hurt on the seventh play of the championship game, and it was over. So, you know, you have to be a little realistic that you need a little bit of luck along the way. You have to be reasonably healthy along the way um, before you can do it. And you need great quarterback play the way Mahomes provides the Chiefs. And it helps if you've got an experienced defensive coordinator that can mix and match with whatever you have to try to limit what you do in big games. So from the Lions not taking a step back next year to the Browns, they win 11 games this year. There's a talk about how much more difficult the AFC could be next year. What do the Browns have to do to avoid taking a step back next year? Well, I mean, the best player got hurt in the second game of the season. So, you know, Nick Chubb, what what condition does he return in? Um, is he 100%? Uh, and if he is, when does that happen? So that would be number one. They played four quarterbacks this year. It'd be good if they could keep a quarterback healthy and presumably Deshaun Watson and improve his play over any, anything he's done since he's played in Cleveland. That would help. And then I think, look, Miles Garrett had a good probably 
first 12, 13 games of the season, 14, like it, he wasn't dominant down the stretch. And the defensive line wasn't dominant. You know, maybe they need some, uh, some young pass rushers on that group right there to, to really apply pressure. Or because you can't just blitz and you just can't play man coverage. I mean, your defensive front's got to close out games for you the way Chris Jones does in Kansas City. And so I think they could use some help there. And it would be good if, I don't know how many offensive tackles they played this year, at least five. It would be good if you could maybe, you know, get down to like maybe three, you know, just find guys that can stay healthy and play for you. I believe the magic number was six. We got a Leroy Watson sighting late in the season okay. there, Brian. There you go. Yeah. I forgot about Watson. Okay. Yeah. He is not a Madden creative player. He is a real player as far as I All know. Right. Um, you mentioned Nick Chubb being their best player, which has historically been the truth over the last five, six years. Is it better going forward if Nick Chubb is your best player on offense, or is it better if that becomes Deshaun Watson? Well, I mean, the way the game is played is probably if it becomes Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, Nick Chubb was the best back that we've seen in this league for five straight years in a row, and they won a playoff game with him. So, um, and that's not to knock Nick Chubb because the 49ers aren't where they're at without McCaffrey. So there is value in when you have great running backs. But it, it's better if your quarterback play is sterling. And you can see what happens when you get great quarterback play in the second half from Purdy and what you get from Mahomes over almost every single week. You get a team that advances deep into the postseason year in, year out. So I would say, to answer your question, uh, it'd be better if Watson's the best player. Brian, do you like the uh, fit of Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator hire here in Cleveland? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think Kevin Stefanski probably still calls plays, I'm guessing. Um, so I don't know how much of a factor it is. Somebody's got to stand up in front of the room and install and all that kind of stuff. He's had success. Uh, he was a former quarterback. He kind of knows how to talk to the quarterbacks and, uh, you know, really convey – what needs to get done um, to your quarterback. So I don't have any problem with the hiring. He's had, he's been around the league. He's, he played. He, when you, I remember when he was a player, I said, boy, he's going to be a better coach than he is a player. You know, I mean, he just seemed like he had that sort of head for the game. And so I think it's a good hire, but I, I think it's going to be basically Stefanski's offense, uh, you know, and how they run it and how they play action off it and kind of route combinations and things that, you know, if he brings, some new ideas to it. That that's always a good thing. What I know, he was only the the play caller there in Buffalo for a year and a half. But just thinking back, because you're such a film junkie, is there anything that stood out to, uh, about Ken Dorsey as a play caller? Just in case he does end up calling plays here in Cleveland at any point. <laughs> well, I mean, he had maybe the most talented quarterback in the league in Josh Allen. So um, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, I, I thought that uh, you know they never had. They, they improved the offensive line a great deal this year, but in playoff games prior, their offensive line would get beat up by Cincinnati or whoever they'd lose to. And it's just hard. It's hard to, it's hard to be a good play caller if your offensive line can't hold up and isn't opening holes. And they, they got whipped pretty good by Cincinnati last year. Josh Allen couldn't do much with the ball. So, you know, you're, you're only as good as, and a product of how good you are up front. And so uh, I don't want to, you know, bash Ken Dorsey for losing playoff games as the, as the co offense coordinator, but quite honestly, they, they knew the offensive line wasn't very good and they addressed it in the draft and in free agency.
Brian, excellent stuff as always, man. You've been uh, you've been such a great stalwart of us throughout football season. I am sad we only have one more football uh, game to go this season. I agree. I am too. I feel the same way as as the rest of America. Baldy, great stuff, man. Appreciate you. Okay. Th- thanks, Dick. Take- Brian Baldinger there on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. That was Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too.